Welcome to The Life Editor. This week, we're talking about how to quit your job, easy ways to improve your marriage, and the first thing you should do every morning. Let's go. I'm Sage Grayson, a former book editor turned life coach. I help ambitious career women edit their habits, routines, and mindsets to balance their happiness at work and home. I'm a life editor, and so are you. Today, I want to talk about what you should do if you're craving a change. It will come on slowly. You'll start reading blogs written by entrepreneurs, and you'll think it's pretty cool that they're making a living from their passions. You'll buy some products and courses just to see what's out there. And sooner or later, you'll say, hey, I could do this too. Then it will be all you can think about, starting a business, earning your own money, being creative. But first, you've got to quit your job. Or do you? Before you hand in your letter of resignation and speed out of the employee parking lot, Let me give you some tips that will make your transition to entrepreneurship smooth and stress-free. Here's a step-by-step guide to quitting your job. Step one, don't quit your day job. There's this misconception in the world of online entrepreneurs that you need to quit your day job in order to devote yourself solely to your business. If you don't, you're viewed as less than not a risk taker, someone with low self-worth, or even someone who doesn't take her business seriously. Yuck! There's a lot of judgy people in this new business community, and honestly, I was one of them. I fell under the spell that real entrepreneurs don't have day jobs. I was too cool for that, too ambitious. So I quit my job as a book editor before I had coached a single person. My business was still a baby, but I figured it would magically start earning me money super fast. Did I dive into my business like a maniac and work my butt off for those first few months? Uh, nope. I slept a lot, watched awful TV shows, and did hours of online research. It took me nearly six months before I had a single sale. And all that time, I didn't have an income. Eep. Here's the thing. I probably would have been better off sticking with my day job while building my coaching practice on the side. I'm certain I would have used my limited time more strategically. It's easy to waste time when you have all the time in the world. But struggling at the start of my business made me resilient, and I like to think that it made me a better coach. I truly understand how much blood, sweat, and tears goes into running a business, and I don't want my clients to struggle like I did. My advice to you is to stick with your current job, build your business on the side, and make a plan before you give up your steady paycheck. Step two, know your money numbers. My abrupt decision to quit my job caused me and my family a ton of stress about money. I assumed my business would make me rich and famous in a month or two, maybe three. Sadly, this is a common entrepreneur mistake. Most businesses take about two years 
to be considered successful. That is, you're making the same amount of money as you used to be making at your day job. And that's exactly how long it took me. So if you know your business is going to experience some growing pains at the beginning, take the time to know your money numbers first. Specifically, figure out your spaghetti number and your current income. Your spaghetti number is how much money you need to survive. That means the lights are on, the water is on, you have a roof over your head, and you're paying the minimum amount on all your bills, and you have food to eat. But you are eating very simple food. That is spaghetti. Delete entertainment, movies, TV, Netflix, Starbucks, clothes, internet, online shopping, etc. The spaghetti number is about survival, not living like a princess. Once you know your spaghetti number, compare that to your current income. How much money are you bringing in every month to live your current lifestyle? Then you have two options. You can quit your job when your business income reaches your spaghetti number, knowing that you'll survive, but you'll need to make some sacrifices. Or you can wait to quit your job once your business is making an income equal to what you were currently making at your job. I know what you're thinking. How are you supposed to earn that kind of money through your business if you're working at your day job for eight to nine hours every day? Step three, be a professional no matter what. If you do need to stay at your day job for financial reasons, don't use it as an excuse to half-ass your business work. I have numerous clients with day jobs, kids, and other obligations, but they're able to grow their businesses with just one hour a day. It's about being strategic with your limited time, and it's completely possible to earn a full-time income from your business if you focus on money-making activities and avoid time wasters. This means no sitting on the couch watching reruns or staying in your pajamas all day during the precious hours you have to devote to your business. How would you act if you were a success? Do that. Create a detailed business plan, including your products and services, marketing strategy, launch timelines, monthly, quarterly, yearly goals, and your budget. If you've only got one hour a day to work on your business, it's smarter to write a helpful blog post that links to your shop rather than goofing off on social media. My Startup in 60 group program teaches you exactly how to do your best work in just 60 minutes a day. Also, remember to be a professional at your day job. Just because you want to be working for yourself doesn't mean you should slack off and phone it in at your job. Be grateful for the paycheck, for the skills you're learning, and for the consistent schedule that keeps you engaged and focused. Step four, bloom where you are planted. It's so, so tempting to spend a ton of money on your business when you're starting out. You see your competitors with fancy website themes, cool graphics, CRM programs, and all the bells and whistles imaginable. But if your business isn't making any money, how can you justify those purchases? 
You could have the snazziest website in the world, but if you wind up with $3,000 of debt, you can bet you'll be stuck at your current job for much longer than you want to be. A common phrase I share with my clients is, bloom where you are planted. That means use what you've got right where you're at right now. You can still earn money using basic tools and systems. Don't underestimate what you can do without pulling out your credit card at every turn. This goes for your clients and customers too. My first clients were my friends who acted as my guinea pigs. They got free coaching and I got glowing testimonials. Those testimonials led to paying clients and helped position me as an expert. Step five, nurture your relationship with your partner. A lot of business owners forget to consider what growing their businesses and quitting their jobs will do to their marriages. When you earn money on your own, your relationship with your spouse will change too. You must remember to nurture your partner and continue to reconnect when your relationship is shifting. He or she might feel weird about you earning money on your own without a big corporation supporting you. Your partner might have secretly wanted to start a business but was too scared. Handle these feelings of uncertainty and jealousy by planning date nights and one-on-one -on -one time together. Remind your spouse that your relationship comes first, no matter how successful your business gets. I out-earn my husband now, and you better believe we had to make some adjustments in our marriage to accommodate this changing dynamic. This is something that never would have been possible if I hadn't quit my corporate job. But more importantly, it never would have happened without Chris's unwavering support and belief in me. He knew what I was capable of long before I believed it myself. Step six, quit your job gracefully. Once you're in a place where you're financially and emotionally ready to quit your job, make sure you do it in a classy way. This is no time to throw your laptop out the window or call your ex-manager a bitch. After all, this job supported you for many years, so be grateful even if it wasn't a perfect situation. Of course, give a minimum of two weeks notice and type up any instructions for the work you do so it's easy to hand off your responsibilities to someone else. Thank your team and coworkers and stay positive. There's no reason to burn bridges and you never know when you might run into these folks again. Give yourself a week or so to relax and nurture yourself before you dive into your business full time. Schedule your blog posts, social media updates, and newsletter to go out automatically so you can chill for a bit. You'll be pleasantly surprised how much easier it is to run your business when you've got an extra eight or so hours a day to devote to it. And none of the problems you face in the future will seem so bad because you were able to build a thriving business while working a day job. I hope these steps make it easier for you to quit your job and transition to entrepreneurship. Give yourself time to do it right. This week I'm reading It's Not You, It's the Dishes by Paula Zuchman and Jenny Anderson. 
It's a relationship handbook designed to help you minimize conflict and maximize happiness in your marriage. But it's actually an economics textbook in disguise. Why would you need to read up on economics to have a better marriage? Marriage is about love and romance and dancing in the rain under the stars. Am I suggesting you break out the spreadsheets and calculators? Well, I kind of am. Whether you think so or not, economics plays a huge part in your relationship. And when you pull back the passion and sex and strolls on the beach and all that lovey-dovey stuff, and really look at your marriage with an objective eye, that's when you can make edits that will take your partnership to the next level. Don't believe me? Put on your nerd glasses and let's talk economics. One of the ideas the authors present in the book is comparative advantage. That means that when you're dividing up chores, you assign tasks based on who can do it the best and quickest. Instead of dividing things up 50-50, you specialize so that things get done quickly and you have more time to spend together. Chris and I recognized early on that a 50-50 marriage was completely inefficient. It took twice as long for us to finish our chores because we were doing things that didn't play to our strengths. Now, for example, I do all the laundry and Chris handles all the trash and we're both happy. Another economics tip is to watch out for loss aversion. This is an intense fear of losing, so you do whatever you can to prove you were right or to make up for past mistakes, often digging yourself into a deeper hole. So many couples fight because neither one wants to admit defeat or give an inch. What an awful way to live! If you really want to salvage your relationship and grow closer as a couple, then you must take a cue from Queen Elsa and let it go. You're not enemies, you're partners. So act like it and pick your battles. Sometimes holding your tongue for a while will eventually diminish whatever was bugging you in the first place. The final tip from it's not you, it's the dishes that I want to share with you is moral hazard. This is when you get so comfy cozy in your relationship that you think your partner will never leave you or betray your trust. So you let yourself go. Now, before you get angry at me that I'm calling you out on gaining weight after getting married or being lazy on the weekends or taking your partner's feelings for granted, ask yourself if it's maybe a little true. We've all heard about women who've taken their marriages for granted, so they've gained weight or stayed at home instead of working or given all their financial power to their partners and then are completely blindsided when their spouses divorce them. Don't slack off in your marriage. Invest in your relationship by taking care of yourself and not taking your partner for granted. Honor yourself and your marriage by staying focused on what's important even after the ring is on your finger. Those are some tips for looking at the economics of your marriage. If you want a more loving and nurturing relationship, 
get your copy of It's Not You, It's The Dishes. The easy edit for this week is to eat that frog. No, I don't really mean that you should gobble up a poor defenseless amphibian. The phrase, eat that frog, comes from the awesome productivity book of the same name by Brian Tracy. It means that you do your most dreaded task first thing in the morning before doing any of your other work. Once you've eaten your frog, nothing else as boring or frustrating will happen to you that day. Doing the hardest thing first goes against our natural human desires. We don't want to do that awful thing. We want to watch cat videos, eat a whole cake, and sleep until noon. Our egos want us to play it small and conserve our energy. But if you've ever done something that you don't want to do early in the day, then you know how amazing you feel afterwards. It's like a terrible weight has been lifted off your shoulders. You feel like a real adult who's got her stuff together. Everything else feels easier too. Consider how you can eat that frog this week. Maybe you can exercise in the morning instead of after work. You're more likely to make excuses or feel stressed out the longer you put it off. Maybe you can prep all the food that you need for your meals today or even for the whole week. Then when dinner time rolls around, you won't need to spend hours chopping and sauteing. Maybe you could do that work task that makes you feel like punching the wall, such as emailing a problem client, firing an employee, or writing a blog post. Get the horrible thing out of the way and then get on with your life. This week, act like a responsible adult that you know you can be and do your worst tasks first thing in the morning every day. Eat that frog. That's it for this episode of The Life Editor. I'm Sage Grayson, and you can always find me at sagegrayson.com. This week, start to formulate your plan for quitting your job, use economics to improve your relationship, and eat that frog by doing your hardest task first. Please remember to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Since this is a new podcast, it's important for me to get reviews so that other people can find me and start editing their lives. And if you have a question or topic I should cover on the podcast, please send an email to sage at sagegrayson.com. What will you edit in your life this week? Until next time, Life Editor.